I want to thank our sponsors, Athletic Greens, who created AG1, one of the most innovative packets of supplements, including 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. These ingredients support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. I personally started using Athletic Greens and love the way I feel in the morning after I drink it. And I no longer have energy crashes throughout the day. And the best part is that it's delicious. The founder of Athletic Greens created AG1 because he experienced a ton of gut health and ended up on a complicated and expensive supplement routine to recover. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash yasmine. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash yasmine, Y-A-S-M-E-E-N, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hi, my name is Yasmine Cherehi, and this is Gateways to Awakening where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. On today's episode, we'll be speaking with Dr. Bill Bengston, a professor of sociology with specialization in research methods and statistics. And in addition, he's the president of the Society for Scientific Exploration, an international group of about 800 scientists who conduct rigorous investigations into scientific anomalies. Dr. Bengston has publications in the Journal of Scientific Exploration, the Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine and Explore, and he's also on the editorial board of the Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine. And Bill has written a memoir with Sylvia Frazier about his healing experiences and research entitled The Energy Cure, Unraveling the Mystery of Hands-On Healing, which I'm very excited to talk about. So welcome to the show, Bill. Thanks a lot for the invitation. So, Bill, just to kick it off, what has been your experience and observation of hands-on healing? Uh, Well, my experience goes back uh, about 130 years. Um, When I I ran into a guy who turned into a healer, and um, quite spontaneously, he put his hands on my bad back, and my back pain went away and has never returned. And so I was thrust into this world unexpectedly, uh, looking at healing, um, and and I I was left with kind of a choice after skeptical me had his bad back fixed uh, that I could either pretend it didn't happen or I could try to figure out what what in heaven's name happened to me, and for better or for worse I decided to go down the route of what in heaven's name happened to me. So. Um, I dragged this guy around uh, from lab to lab. I, I had him put his hands on people here and there and see what would happen. And and I watched a few hundred healings and then said, you know, there's something that's seriously interesting going on here. And I decided, uh, for better or for worse, to take it into the lab and to do healing studies under very, very controlled conditions. And one of the problems with doing clinical work is that you never know what, what did what. You know, so if, if someone comes in with a condition and they're treated, 
uh, and they leave and healing starts, uh, you don't know whether healing would have started anyway. You don't know whether it was time which did it. You don't know whether it was uh, what you ate or what you didn't eat. Uh, There's no way to really unravel it. And my brain doesn't work that way very well. So I had to try to unravel this. Wonderful. And can you say a little bit more about the hands-on healing? Like, is there a specific amount of time that you put your hands on uh, the person? How does it actually work? Well, uh, I don't I don't see much hands-on healing going on anymore anywhere, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, most of the healing is done from a distance of the practitioners that I know of. Uh, I don't know of anyone who requires that hands actually be on someone. Um, and, um, so if you're asking about hands on healing, uh, I mean, just picture a person, I don't know, lying down on a massage table or sitting up in a chair and someone comes along and puts their hands on their shoulders or for the afflicted area or something along those lines. And it would look nothing more exotic than someone putting their hands on somebody else. Um, how long it would take, uh, there's no way to answer that question in, in the, Oh, I don't know, more, certainly more than a thousand healings I've watched or taken part in or done myself. Um, the variation is extreme. Uh, and, and this is one of the mysteries of healing, um, that in the aggregate, you can make some predictions. But in uh, any individual case, there's no way to know how long that case will take. So I, I've, I've seen, for example, end stage cancer fixed in five minutes. That's very rare. That's very rare. Wow. (laughs) Uh, I've seen end-stage cancer that took months of daily treatment, multiple hours a day. And and so there's nothing I can think of or that I've been able to figure out why one person would take five minutes and one person would take, oh, 100, at least 100 treatments. Fascinating. Okay. And what is uh, this concept called cycling? Cycling is the method that uh, I worked out with this initial healer. Uh, He and I worked on trying to figure out a way to replicate what he could do naturally. Uh, So this this guy who was a healer just kind of turned into a healer um, and and didn't have a teacher. And my question, or among my questions was, can anybody do this? And if so, what do they need to do uh, to be able to uh, replicate what he could do? Uh, and so cycling is the method that, that evolved over the course of years, and it's actually still evolving. Um, and it, it, it's, it's my very annoying method. <laughs> it's very annoying. It take, it's, it's a pain. You know, it's, you got to practice. I, out there in, in the healing world, there are people who claim, you know, they can teach you how to do anything instantly. Well, you know, they're, they're better than me. Uh, mine is a pain. Um, it takes a great deal of practice. You, you tend to send me hate emails, you know, hating me, <laughs> you know, how did I get into this madness? You're an idiot, you know, get away from me. You've ruined my life, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but when they come out the other side, after their <laughs> life has been uh, pre-ruined, um, then they, you know, they go out and they do pretty interesting things. Um, my, my, my focus has been taking the methods and bring them into the lab for controlled conditions. I, I leave it to other people after, you know, I've done a few hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. I got it out of my system. Uh, the cycling technique, to finally answer your question, is a very rapid imaging technique. It's it's mechanical, but it's extremely uh, it's practice oriented. You know, if 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 I were teaching how to play tennis, 
Okay. And you said, teach me how to do a backhand. You wouldn't be ready for Wimbledon, you know, after a weekend. Um, same idea here. You're going to practice before you get a backhand in. You're going to practice before I turn you loose on somebody who's otherwise going to die. Wow. So um, cycling, like it's, you said, it's rapid imaging. So I briefly read a little bit on your website. Um, can you give me an example? Like, let's say there's like an illness in the body and I want to, you know, eradicate that or remove it. I mean, we can just pick any area of the body. Well, you know, one of the, one of the interesting things about this is that the cycling technique has nothing to do with healing. Hmm. It's simply a very rapid imaging technique uh, in, in which some of the images may have something to do with healing, but you could use the cycling technique just to go through life and make stuff happen to you. Um, uh, some people call this manifesting. Uh, I just say stuff happens to you. Um, so you, you're, you're going to get the things on the list and you, some of the things on the list could be about health and some, but there are many people out there who don't have anything about health at all. So what is the technique you have to constantly have these, these images going through your head of like the, let's say the thing that you want to manifest, um, you know, for example, maybe like a, a new place on the beach, <laughs> put it that yeah, way. A, a new place, a new place on the beach is a good image. Yeah, I mean, if you want a new place on the beach, uh, but a new place on the beach is very specific and you're getting at the heart of what cycling is. Um, you'll know whether you get it or not. You know, so it, you, you either have the new place on the beach or you don't. And the things on the list are things you don't now have. They're a future address. So I don't now have a, the place on the beach. I'm making this up. And, and, uh, but I want one. Uh, I don't now have, uh, I don't know, the fancy car, uh, but I want one. I want, you know, it, it, I want it to be blue and I want it to be this make and this model and this, you know. So it's very concrete, uh, very it would be visualizable. Um, you'd know whether you have it or not. There, you can't have anything on the list that's vague and doesn't have any content. So an, an example of that would be, I want to be happy. You know, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. You don't wake up tomorrow and go, oh, now I'm happy, you know, and forever after I'll be happy. Well, if I get the beach house, I have the beach house. Uh, I don't have the happiness. You know, there's no, there's no parallel. So people, when you ask them to make a list of things that they want and don't now have, they tend to be vague in general because they don't, they don't want to make a decision about what they really want or they may, they, they may not really know. So you default to, I want to be happy. Again, no content. I want to be healthy. Health has no content either. What does it mean to be healthy? Um, I, I know a doctor, a friend of mine, who says a healthy person is someone insufficiently examined. <laughs> I love that so much. That's hysterical. So people um, walk around wringing their hands going, I want to be happy. I want to be happy. Get away from me. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I want to beat you. Good, we'll get you one. I want a car. Good, I can get you one. Uh, I want to be on vacation in Tuscany. Yeah, beautiful. We can get you to Tuscany. Uh, but I can't get you to happy. And I can't mm. get you to, uh, to healthy. If I can't walk, I can get you to walk, but that's not claiming health. Health doesn't have any, you know, no, everybody's got crap in them someplace or other. Right, right. So I have a couple of follow-up questions about this technique. So um, do you visualize in color um, or do you, do you kind of visualize from the first person or the third person? Like, do you watch yourself having those things or do you, you perceive yourself as 
in the in the time and, and space or whatever you're let's say like I'm at the beach house looking at it from my first point of view or yeah am I whatever whatever floats your boat you know so if that's comfortable but when you actually practice the cycling you don't daydream about this stuff and you don't spend a lot of time imaging anything you you're putting the imagery you're burning it into your brain you're getting it out of your conscious mind and you're letting this thing loop in the background very 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 fast so if i said 100 images a second that would be slow wow <laughs> how do you teach people to do that many images in um in you know given the constraints of time well i, I yell at them a lot uh, and, and <laughs> That, when that Go faster. Work, yeah, when that doesn't work, I hit them. Um, and, and if that doesn't work, I say, get away from me. Um, <laughs> it, it, it really involves a boatload of practice. It's, again, it's like learning a backhand. You're going to swing and miss a bunch of times. You're going to hit it over the fence a bunch of times. You're going to hit it into the net a bunch of times. And sooner or later, something clicks. And it, the, the way that people learn this stuff, again, I, I don't have any hidden secrets up my sleeve. Um, the way people learn this stuff, you can take a workshop. This isn't a sales technique. Uh, you, you can take a workshop and, you know, I got workshop dates on my, on my website and, and you can also just get a, a, a nice simple CD set. I don't know if it's actually sold as CDs anymore, a CD set called hands-on healing and it's the training course. So you can just pick it up, listen to the CDs, um, uh, uh, practice your brains out, send me hate mail, and then uh, go out there and, you know, do your stick. Amazing. And do you, like, is there, like, kind of a approximate um, number of, of times throughout the day that you recommend people do it? Uh, or is it I, know, just kind of based on... The, the entire time that we've been talking, I've been doing it. What are you, and what are you, what are you cycling? <laughs> I've got, I got a list of 24 things. That's my current number. Wow. Uh, we, we shoot for at least 20 things. Um, all of them are selfish. The record holder is, uh, has 94 things on their, on his list. And that, that I'm really <laughs> impressed with because that's a selfish bastard. Um, and, and I, my, all my techniques are about selfishness. And so do all the things that you've cycled, have they all manifested or do some manifest? It's 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 a pretty interesting phenomenon. Um, you your initial list will never end up being your second or third list, because one of the things that happens is that you you learn in the process of cycling what you really want, and it turns out, and this just goes from a like a clinical practice, you know, psychological kind of stuff. Um, from a clinical practice perspective, you think you want stuff. You know, I need the fancy car. Um, but it turns out you don't really care. Mm. And so the script that most people work off doesn't come from them. It comes from some sort of a social script. Um, and because you're, you know, you're a loser if you don't have a fancy car, you know, you're, you're a loser if you can't play tennis, you're a, you know, if you haven't been to Tuscany, you know, I don't want to talk to you. Uh, so you're supposed to want this, you're supposed to want that. And what happens in cycling is you find out if you really want the stuff. You know, I've always wanted, you know, this, and you fill in the blank. And then you start to cycle it, and you can't get the cycling to go. It turns out if you take that, that thing off your list, your cycling flies. And what you, one of the things you do and what therapists use some of the cycling technique for is not just to manifest stuff, but rather for their clients, their patients, 
uh, to learn what they really want. Uh, and, and so we evolve over, over the course of practicing cycling from what you're supposed to want versus what you really want. And those things you really want, yeah, you get them. Fascinating. And is it just with like, um, you know, is it with people as well as with physical objects? Like, is it both? Oh, sure. One of our strong ethical guidelines, though, is you can't do something for someone else without their permission. And that's an inviolable uh, rule. So you see somebody, I don't know, in a wheelchair, and you say, would you like me to cycle you walking? Or you don't ask. No, I'm sorry. If you, you can ask them, do you want me to cycle you walking? Or would you mind if I sent you good thoughts? You know, however you want to phrase it. And then if they say, you know, get away from me, you have no right to fix them. You could fix them, but you don't have a right to do it. What are some things that people have manifested through this process? Well, virtually everything that I've, I've said so far, they, I get postcards from Tuscany. <laughs> I get pictures of them in their new car. I get, I get oh, pictures wow. of them walking when they've been five years in a wheelchair. You know, I, I get, I get, I get, you know. So it, 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 the, the question it should be rephrased, what are the things that people want? And the answer is they're, it's extremely varied. You don't pick off a list. You really have to dig deep into yourself and come up with the 20 recognizable future things that you want to have. And 20 is not the maximum. Again, the, the record's 94. I'm still looking for someone to break into triple figures. Um, uh, but um, it, it, it takes a while. It takes, takes, takes a bit of practice to learn about you. My experience, and you know, it sounds facetious, but my experience is that I, I don't find people know a lot about themselves. Mm, so true. They know a lot about what they're supposed to, but they don't know, they don't really know themselves. And they, they're not, they don't feel empowered to be themselves. Cycling gets you to be yourself and you get the stuff on the list. So, you know, we, we, we have a joke, you know, be careful what you put down. Wow. That's fascinating. Wow. So, uh, so I have a, an example for you. So I wanted to, I've written this book and I, I really want to manifest a publisher, but I haven't really spent a lot of time on that. So if I was to cycle that, um, you're saying that I would imagine myself with, let's say a book on the New York times bestseller list at like a bunch of bookstores, what would be kind of the, 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 the visual? That would be what's most comfortable for you. So you're not trying to find a publisher. You're trying to have a published book is the way you described it. So you described to me, for example, two different things. You said, I want to get a publisher, and then I want to be on the New York Times bestseller. Totally different. And if you want a publisher, then that's what you put down. If you want to be on the New York Times bestseller list, that's what you put down. And in all cases, we never involve ourselves with when something happens or how it happens we only deal with what's. So if the what is getting a publisher, you're done when you get the publisher. I don't care if anybody ever buys the book. If you're on the New York mm. Times bestseller list, it's a very different metric. Got it, got it. And so you always, you're kicking the can down the road. If I'm in a wheelchair and I can't walk, and I'd like to be able to walk, I don't try to figure out how to walk. I simply have an image of the place or me walking. Now, where would the image be? I don't know. Tuscany. <laughs> you know, where would the image be? Walking up the, your, the flight of stairs in your house. I don't care what it is. There's no right answer. It depends on what resonates with you. 
So it, it's interesting because the end result is like ending up like in, on the bookshelves, um, but the the journey is obviously getting a publisher first, or you know, in some cases, you don't need a publisher. Um, I, I've written books without a publisher, um, so I'm curious. Like, is it more believable to go straight to the end result, or do you do you suggest that people, especially if they're new to the process, manifest things on the journey, like getting a publisher first? No, no, get all the way down, kick it down the road. Uh, one, okay. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that cycling uh, does it, is is it gets you past your not you but but it, people's obsessive uh, uh, focus on when and how. So how do you get a publisher? And then I start to dissect the problem, and then I do this, and then I look up the publisher, and then I look for the spend, and then I. <laughs> You know, and, 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 and you frenzy yourself in terms of problem solving. Well, that's fine. Do that during the course of the day. It has nothing to do with cycling. In cycling, the, the, the issue is, when am I done? I'm done when it's, it makes the New York Times bestseller list. Or it has to be number one on the bestseller list. If it only makes it to two, then I didn't do it yet. Uh, but you're trying to kick the can down the road and do not, in, in the images of cycling, they have nothing to do with when something happens or how it happens. So if you get a publisher because you did, uh, uh, you, you, you found someone, you got lucky, you were in the right place at the right time, or a publisher contacts you, or, or there's lots of different ways to get to the same end. So fascinating. I'm, I'm actually very fascinated in the world of manifestation, and I, I just haven't heard about this particular modality of cycling. So um, yeah, it's yeah, pretty I'll nutty. It's course. actually pretty nutty. <laughs> and and go, go, for, go for a different one. The other stuff's easy to do. Mine's a pain. <laughs> uh, and uh so you offer live workshops and also uh workshops on zoom yeah i, I, I do a few we're, we're trying to get down to like maybe four a year nice okay amazing so what about um healing surrogates and distant healing i know that that's you mentioned that earlier uh, how does that work and maybe you can walk us through an example of someone that healed through that process somebody that i met uh, had been a healer for about 25 years, and she had been certified in acupuncture and sound therapy, and you know, you name it, she had the certificate. Uh, but she was never able to successfully do cancer, and, and this was frustrating her. I mean, her patients were dying, and and so she took my workshop, learned how to cycle, became obsessive about it. I mean, really. This is over the top. She totally immersed herself in it. She went home and she, in a very short order, she cured eight patients in a row uh, of end-stage cancer, just zip, 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 zip. And now she just does it routinely. So she reports she's a healer, card-carrying healer. I'm not, uh, but she's the card-carrying healer. Uh, and and what I'm, I get from healers is, something drastically changes in their healing when they cycle. Now, my job, since I'm not a healer, is I try to figure out what in heaven's name is going on so I can look at what happens to a brain, what happens to a, you know, and I use EEGs and functional MRIs and blah, 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 and, and you know, trying to figure out what's going on. Um, but the, the, the healers essentially all report something fundamentally changes, whereas I couldn't do this, now I can do that. Um, and what the relationship is between cycling and healing, I don't have a clue. Because cycling has nothing to do with healing. 
Fascinating. And I'm also just to go back to cycling really quick. Um, do people usually, uh, are they able to do the cycling process after a weekend with you or does it just take like months and months of practice? I mean, you mentioned that everyone's different, but just kind of at the average. Yeah. If you really throw yourself into it and, and, you know, you're trying after a weekend and and usually we do a, a weekend and then a week off and then another day, you know, so we come back after you've practiced, and sent me hate mail and everything else. Um, and, and so I've read the, I've read it, you know, usually I don't respond to the hate mail. Um, or I just write back, I hate you too, you know, and, and everybody's <laughs> happy. Um, but, but when you, you don't feel like you've mastered anything, you know, there's no sense of arrival. Uh, again, let me go back to a tennis analogy. You, you know, when did you arrive as a tennis player? Um, after a weekend? Um, or no matter where you are, could you with practice get better? I think here, wherever you are with practice, you can get better. Um, and, and, but I've had, here, here's a, a case study. Woman took the workshop, uh, didn't, you know, felt um, totally inadequate, um, wrote my wife, Margaret, and says, I feel totally inadequate. She said, writes back and goes, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not we're not the most sympathetic group you know so i i hope you feel inadequate you know you're a loser you just started lighten up um and 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 then she said well can i can i try this you know with trepidation in the voice and she starts talking to her and like she needs a therapist you know and and can i try it and i have this i i heard about you know she's so stuttering and stammering i heard about this this dog with a huge cancer growth on its side she, and and so my wife said, "Well, go go treat it, see what happens, you know." But I don't believe I can do this. And she'll say, "I don't believe you can do it either." <laughs> don't worry, this has nothing to do with belief. Uh, so she tries to cycling. She you know flopping on the floor. She doesn't believe a, a single thing about any of this. And the documentation of how this dog got cured is is astonishing. Freaked the vets out because they were trying to put the dog down. Uh, and the tumor, like my experimental mice, just open up and they implode, and the dog's cured. Wow, I'm so excited to try this. I, I'm. I feel like I already am like the queen of manifestation. So this might just like accelerate everything. You know, I have a feeling it will. Well, just um, you don't believe it. Yeah, don't believe it because this is not a faith-based <laughs> anything. And I'm. I'm right. I'm, I'm reasonably confident. I'm probably wrong, uh, but I'm reasonably confident that belief does no particular good. Hmm. I think a non-believing skeptic is the ideal healer. Fascinating. And I think a non-believing skeptic is the ideal healee. So and, you and want why do you skeptics, say that? and there aren't very many skeptics out there. Um, I, 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 can, I, I can share some with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'd be surprised because it, it's, it's hard. I don't... I don't I don't find the, uh, more than a handful of skeptics that I've ever run into. Uh, now I've 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 gone and spoken at skeptic societies, you know, where they, you know, they they like to make fun of healing and all that stuff, and they they invite me to so they can mock me, and I go, yeah, fine, give it your best shot, um, and and I go in there with data, you know, to I got fifty years of reasonably good data, and and so I show some of the data, and before I do that though, I say. You know, I'm probably the only skeptic in the room. And they all get all frowny faced and, you know, their lips pursed and their arms folded. And no, we're the such and such skeptic society. They say, you're not a bunch of skeptics. You're a bunch of mindless believers. 
<laughs> you, you, you believe you believe everything I haven't yet said is wrong. Mm. That's a believer. And, and so believers come in various flavors. You have everybody, you have believers that think everything's true, and you have believers that think everything's false. And believers have a tendency to want to reinforce their beliefs. They're not interested in open inquiry. Oh, got it. So you, it's more just like an openness. Like yeah, a skeptic is neut- open. Neutrality. A skeptic neutrality. is open because they don't have any illusion that they understand the way the world works. And so they don't spend mm. all their time defending their beliefs. The people who believe right. all this, this crazy stuff is true, they're scary. Why do they believe it? Right. You know, and there's right. people who believe, <laughs> I, I certainly don't. And I've been doing this for 150 years, you know, and um, yeah. there are people who believe everything is wrong, you know. And, and so the believers get together and they throw rocks at each other and, and they right. each other and they call each other idiots and, and nothing. It's, it's absolutely of no use. A skeptic come along and says, nah, I'm not going to default to belief, but let me take a look. Right, right. That's powerful. I mean, that's also why the show is called Gateways to Awakening, because it's really just an invitation for people to, you know, become more aware and then investigate different modalities further. Um, you know, if it resonates and if it doesn't, there's, I have no conclusion or opinion on that. Just, yeah. it's yeah. an invitation. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, if, um, if I ever have someone says, I, oh, I believe everything you say, I said, well, get away from me, you know, because <laughs> right. I, I, I'm sure everything I say is not accurate. You know, it's my best shot, um, but it'll evolve over time. And I don't, I'm not the purveyor of truth. I'm uh, the purveyor of research and, and my, my ideas evolve over time. Unless if you've already set in, in your ideas, well, you're a believer and, and I don't want to play with you. Right, right. Yeah, powerful. So, uh, Bill, I want to actually talk about some of the experiments that you did because I think, um, you know, that, that part has, has fascinated me. Uh, can you talk about um, some of the work that you did with the mice and how they reacted to some of the, the healing modalities that you shared? Sure. Uh, I've done, a- a- after watching a few hundred People get fixed of a variety of things, including myself. Um, but people get get fixed. I I, I realized that I, I'm never going to be able to unravel the clinical applications. Um, I just I just don't know how to do it. I don't know anybody who does know how to do it. So, you know, again, you, you you're trying whatever you're trying, and people are a little more complex than experimental conditions. And so they, you know, they take their meds, they don't take their meds, they do this, they do that, they believe on Monday, they don't believe on Tuesday, they eat grapefruit Wednesday, they, they don't on Thursday, you know, and on and on. And, and then in the middle of that, they get better. Well, what did it? And the answer is, I don't know. And so after watching, you know, a few hundred, many, maybe more than a few hundred uh, healings, I, I started to look at the patterns and th- there are some gross patterns that occur. Um, for example, things that are, you don't want, you want to take it away, respond very, very good. Things that where the healer is trying to stimulate something that you're missing, we're not as good. So, so just as an example, if you have Parkinson's, uh, your brain is not putting out something that you need to put out. So you're missing something. And the healer comes along, does hocus pocus and all that stuff. Um, not so good. Not, I mean, we, we just, at least in my method, we don't have a great track record for Parkinson's. Uh, same thing, type 1 diabetes. Don't have a good track record. And in diabetes, 
type one anyway, in type one diabetes, you're, you're not producing something you need to produce. Um, and so in the case of diabetes, you can compensate for that easier than you can in Parkinson's. But either way, uh, the body's missing something. If as you can contrast that with the body has some crap that they're trying to get rid of. And, and so it turns out that if you have, well, let's go malignant, malignant growth. Malignant growths, we get rid of. Um, and the more aggressive the malignancy, the easier it is to get rid of. So a, a kind of a meh, mild, slow-growing malignancy goes away slowly. A really aggressive thing that's you know coming in like a freight train, leaves like a freight train. The energy is in the system itself, not, not the healer. Uh, so a, a biological condition that has a lot of energy in it tends to be easier to fix. And we tend to be better at taking away stuff. So Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's really responds. Uh, and I mean really responds. Um, I'd, I'd love to do a clinical trial on Alzheimer's. Uh, now, Alzheimer's is different than, than just age-related dementia. And Alzheimer's, you got crap on the brain. We can get rid of the crap. Uh, we're good with malignancies. We're not good with benign growths. So here's a joke, but it's real. We can't fix warts. <laughs> and, and anybody in the, in the healing world says, anybody can fix, you know, any loser can fix a, a wart. And I go, yeah, but not this loser. Um, and, and, and the interesting thing is the people who learn how to cycle also lose the ability to do warts. I, I'm actually thinking about something you just said, which is like energy is in the system itself, not in the healer. No. Um, which, which is so powerful because I think, at least in my own life, I can anecdotally say, I would imagine the opposite to be true. Like that, not that particular comment, but that the, the more intense the energy, the harder the movement and the transmutation, uh, or the transmutation. And you're saying actually the bigger the energy, you know, the, the sort of easier it is to get rid of that bigger energy all at once, um, yeah. as opposed yeah. to kind of he healed, healing is an energy. I mean, I, you know, the irony, I have a book called the energy cure. When the publisher said, we want to call the book, the energy cure. I said, I don't think there's any energy. Uh, and they said, well, thanks for your input. <laughs> and, and said, we're calling it the energy cure anyway. Um, uh, there's, there's no energy in, in, I mean, you can, you can, you can negate the idea of energy really quickly. Uh, it's not a hard problem. Um, if I have a cage of cancerous mice that I'm treating and they're sitting in, on, on the table in front of me, I get a particular outcome, including the curing of the, that cancer. If I take a cancer, cancerous mice and I put them 2000 miles away, there's no difference in effect. Now energy diminishes with distance. If this doesn't diminish with distance, it's not energy. So if it diminishes with distance, then the remote healing piece is limited by the, this, the kind of physical distance, right, from one person to the other. And it's not limited at all. It doesn't make any difference where you are. So if I'm treating a cage of mice and they're in Australia, I'm going to get the same result as if I get a cage of mice that are sitting in front of me. And that's not speculation. I got 20 mice experiments. So it doesn't matter. The physical distance does Absolutely not matter. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Distance is our limitation, but it has nothing to do with healing reality. Hmm. And if it doesn't diminish, all energy diminishes with distance. It's a simple formula. All energy diminishes with distance. If it doesn't diminish with distance, ergo, it's not energy. It's information. 
Now, how the information gets processed is still past my pay grade. I, 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 I think I, I'm going to work on this one of maybe another 75 or so years, um, and hopefully I'll crack it. But even without it, you know, distance is our perceptual confusion. It has nothing to do with healing. Healing just happens, and it doesn't make any difference how far away. You know, how, how can I do 2,000 miles away and I hit cage one, and right next to it is a control group of mice cage two, and only the, the mice in cage one are cured? I mean, come on. That's not energy. It's not a field. It's not a sphere of influence. It's nothing like that. It's something outside the bounds of the concepts we normally categorize the world with. Wow. Uh, this is, this is powerful. I think for a lot of people who I think feels very stuck in their circumstances, um, you know, this, this feels like, you know, there's a lot more possibility, um, with your approach. So I encourage folks who are listening to go check out, um, Bill's website, which we'll include uh, at the end of the show. Uh, so Bill, I, I know that we're coming uh, to time, but I, I wanted to ask a few more questions. Yeah. How has the pandemic sort of shifted your, your thinking? And also how has it shifted your practice, if, if at all? Well, I, I don't have a healing practice. I just have a research agenda and I can tell you some stuff on, on the pandemic. You'd be happy to. Uh, I, I'm trying to figure out ways to make healing conventional. Okay. Um, and in order to make it conventional, I think it needs two characteristics or two attributes that people don't think of. One is that healing needs to be storable. So like, like a battery. Uh, I'm taking electrical charge and I'm putting it into a thing and I leave it there and I can stick it in my pocket and I can bring it out later and I can then use it. Second thing it needs to be is scalable. I need to be able to mass market the batteries. Hmm. So I've been working for a few years on different methods of storing healing, and I've stored it in various things. I've stored it in cotton. I've stored it in water. I've stored it in this. I've stored it in that. And I, I've also uh, done a bunch of research, uh, seeing if I can even record healing, because a, a recording would be maximally scalable. Meaning, if I have a healing recording that you can hear, I could upload it into the, into the cloud and have it globally scaled. So if I could upload a cancer cure that if you listen to this, it gets rid of it, well, that, that's a good thing. Then you, can, you don't ask, do you believe it or not? The, the only issue is, do you want to have it or do you want to get rid of it? If you want to get rid of it, listen to this. If you don't want to get rid of it, don't listen to it. I mean, I'm not trying to save the world. <laughs> I love your sense of humor on this topic. It's so fun and refreshing. So, um, yeah, so uh, I have been able now to record, and I have uh, a number of publications in conventional biology journals, you know, showing the okay. effect on cancer cells and cancerous mice and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and and uh, I, I've done a bunch of experiments with water, and now I can, I, it turns out I have a, a, a way to treat water and have that water reproduced almost limitlessly. And I'm eventually going to get to your question. Um, you've probably forgotten what it is. But uh, the, the I just finished an experiment, and it really was an experiment, double-blind placebo-controlled, on COVID. Because we can fix COVID really simple. I mean, COVID's not like a difficult problem to solve. Um, COVID is a, is a social contagion phenomenon, but biologically i mean it's you know it's, it's a virus give me a break 
Um, and, and so we just did a study on 300 people entering a COVID hospital. So, you know, they're serious. You know, this isn't, I, I have the sniffles for a day. Uh, these are folks about to be hospitalized for at least a week. And, and we, took, uh, we took them, we gave some of these, my, my hocus pocus water. Uh, this is blinded, administered by physicians. Nobody knew what they were giving the patients, but the hocus pocus water, and some people got water that had no hocus pocus in it. Our, our results are astounding. I mean, they're seriously astounding. Can, can you share what the results are, or is it too early? Well, I, I'm, I, I just finished 41-page technical output that I finished writing yesterday that you know would put anybody into a coma if they read it. Uh, but it, 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 it give you that one of the things we measured a bunch of symptoms, you know, what happened, you know, your cough, your this, your that. And we had a general expression of how, how healthy do you feel? And on a scale of one to 10, one means you're about to die and 10 means I've never been better, you know, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. when they come into the test, uh, the people averaged about a 1.8 on a scale of one to 10. That's how they felt generally. And after a week in the hospital, the people who didn't get the hocus pocus water went up a 10th of a point. So like 1.8 to 1.9. The people who had the hocus pocus water were over nine. Wow. I mean, we're not talking subtle changes here. We're talking over the top, in your face. We've given given this water informally to certainly over 300 people. And they, they, people are just simply astonished at what happens. It's just, it's just a virus for crying out loud. So how do you how do you program? You know, you mentioned that healing needs to be storable and then it needs to be scalable. Yeah. How do you store the healing in you know the water, for example? Like, what is there like a methodology, or is it just? Oh no, it's, it's, what... a, it's a pretty elaborate methodology that I haven't yet published, but it involves treating like you would treat. I mean, I've done experiments with water, certainly. So, it, for example, University of Connecticut Medical School, um, I treated water and it was fed to mice I never met. And those mice were cured. Well, that, you know, that's interesting. You know, it shows storability. But the question is, how do you mass produce the water? And that I've worked a few years on. And I have actually a device that mass produces the treated water. And it, the treated water put into bottles and the patients just take them sublingually. Uh, I've done three three clinical trials of uh, 100 people each, two in the States and one in Europe, and given to people with all sorts of stuff. Uh, so they've got depression, they're bipolar, they have cancer, they have diabetes, they have, they have, they have. And the craziest thing about this, 98% report getting better. I mean, that's 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 nuts. Like it's, it's difficult for a skeptic to say that out loud, but not, in all three studies, 98% reported getting better. And the, the effects of, of the treated water or the hocus-pocus water uh, tend to be stronger than hands-on. So I think I've improved healing. So we got, for example, a Parkinson's guy who's in a wheelchair for five years. He's thrown out his wheelchair and his walker, and he's walking a mile. So, Bill, where can we buy this device? Just curious. Um, well, you could, I, I'm not sure. You can buy it now in the Netherlands. Uh, it's not the device you can actually just get the water. We're trying to set up something in the states, but there—I don't know if there's anything on my website. I'm told I have a website. I don't know what's on it. Um, the the I think it's. I mean, I can't remember. Bangsproducts.com. I don't know. 
Uh, if, if you get the website, you could you could email the, our contact on the website and say, how do I get the water? And and I, I know you can buy it and it's shipped from the Netherlands. We're, we're trying to just start up a company, you know, let people get at affordable rates, you know, take the water, see what happens. Amazing. Amazing. So just to wrap up, uh, what is your main takeaway? Like, what do you want to tell our audience about their vitality, their health, their, their well-being? What's sort of like your mission and purpose? And what would you tell our audience to think about, you know, going forward? Well, I, I, if, you're in, if you're in need, you know, and you're in serious need, it's hard not to think about your need. Uh, but I, if, if you can step outside the system for a little bit, take away the craziness surrounding healing. You know, healing is not, I mean, it's commonplace. It's all over the place. You heal all the time with or without a healer. Um, a healer gives information and it helps, you, helps your body figure out how to do it for itself. But the healing comes from you and it ought not to be conflated with, you know, I need to be a believer or I need to be spiritual or I need to. I mean, I liken it to walking across the street. You know, you walk across the street is in nobody in your audience knows how to walk across the street i guarantee you because nobody knows how to do it it's too complex a problem you can do it but you don't know how right but the sequence of neurons firing and muscles contracting and all that stuff oh it burns out a supercomputer which is why robots look so stupid when they walk but a (laughs) two-year-old looks fluid right walking is a miracle but but it's not you know, don't make it past. It's it's a beautiful thing. So is healing. Don't worry about it. Relax. Right. Okay. All right. Well, um, on that note, where can people find you? Where can they uh, participate in maybe a study or even um, work with someone that does hands-on healing or cycling? And of course, your workshops are all on your website, right? Yeah. If you go to banksnerresearch.com, I'm told there's a bunch of stuff on there. I don't, I'm not a big website <laughs> So again, I, I have one. I don't know what's there. I, th- I think there's maybe 25 or so geeky papers that nobody's going to want to read. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the stuff in English, read around the papers. But if you want to read some technical background, have a bowl. But I, I usually write the kind of stuff nobody reads. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much for doing this work and this research. And the last name is just for people listening who are maybe might be driving. Uh, last name is B-E-N-G-S-T-O-N, William Bengston. Um, so just for people listening, and we'll also include the website in the show notes so that you guys can check them out and also check out the book, uh, right? So thank you so much for your time, Bill. This was so delightful. I have so many more questions, but I know that um, we're at time and I look forward to taking your workshop. I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of really um, interest in your course after this conversation. And a lot of hatred, you know, as, 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 <laughs> as you take the thing, you, 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 you convert it to a, just absolute hatred. I love it. Amazing. So for our audience, thanks for joining and for listening. In this episode, we learn about how to unravel the mystery of hands-on healing and cycling with Bill Bengston. And you can tune in to Gateways to Awakening, where we host one-on-one conversations with leading experts in wellness, well-being, and spirituality. Thanks again.